Back home from a much-needed 6-3 and three road trip, the Mariners kick off a very unique 10-day, 11-game homestand at T-Mobile Park starting tonight. We'll get you set for their weekend series with the Red Sox and also talk about Cal Raleigh's recent hot stretch and the returns of Eric Swanson and Ken Giles on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You it's Friday, June 10th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Tidying Gonzalez. He's Colby Patna. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash control zone we typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics whereas locked on mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the m's we also get into some non-baseball discussions on control zone as well it's a fun time so be sure to check it out again that's patreon.com forward slash control zone if this is your first time joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it i believe we are 10 subscribers away from 1000 so please help us get to 1000 let's do it over the course of this weekend by monday's show let's be over that 1000 mark help us get there uh so today we're going to be talking about the mariners red Sox series which gets set tonight can the mariners avoid another sweep at the red Sox hands talk about that we're also going to be talking about Cal Raleigh's recent hot stretch. But first, let's get into some injury updates here on the Mariners. Ken Giles and Eric Swanson, they are both looking uh, to be on their way back here in a short while. Might even happen tonight, according to Jerry DePoto on yesterday's appearance on 710 Seattle Sports. Uh, Giles, of course, you know, working his way back from Tommy John surgery. He pitched a couple innings down in uh, in spring training, uh, but was shut down after injuring the tendon in his right middle finger and uh, just started a rehab assignment on May 29th. And it hasn't gone super well in terms of performance. The numbers have been dreadful, quite frankly. On Wednesday, he gave up three solo home runs to uh, Angels AAA affiliate Salt Lake. So not great stuff there from Giles, but the good thing here is that he has been healthy he has stayed healthy and uh and his tools haven't really regressed much um from where they were pre-tendon injury so uh he's been 96 miles per hour on the fastball with uh, 94 to 95 pretty consistently and the sliders looked pretty good according to depoto so all good signs there and it does seem like giles is close to making his uh long-awaited major league return he hasn't pitched in a game since september 15th of the 2020 season uh so it's been a long road travel for uh giles and when he's healthy he's one of the best relievers in all of baseball quite frankly but i don't think the mariners should expect nor their fans should expect uh giles to be anywhere close to that right at least here in the early going right yeah, that's uh, too much to expect of a, a guy fresh off of Tommy John. Um, and your stuff comes pretty quickly. 
Uh, it's mm-hmm. typically the command and the control that comes later. Uh, and that's kind of what's been reflected in the numbers so far in his, his AAA uh, you know, minor league uh, rehab, I should say. Um, you know, just really struggling to command things. And, and he's not a, a guy you really want to throw in high leverage right now. Um, DePoto says the stuff looks pretty good from the videos I've been able to watch. The stuff looks pretty good, um, but it's just a matter of control and command. And, you know, you can't, you know, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is. If you're, if you're leaving the ball down the middle of the plate or you're walking everybody, you're not a major leaguer. Just ask Matt Brash. So it's just one of those Mm -hmm. things where we'll have to see how it goes. I wouldn't use them in any high leverage spots right away. I don't think the Mariners will. Um, You shouldn't consider him, you know, and, and, the seventh inning and the game's two to one and they have a guy on second with one out giles isn't the guy to go to there yet um but you know we'll see what they decide to do uh it, it, he should help regardless of how much of him you see or what level we get of him but i i would be cautious of the assumption that they just got you know a, a legitimate high leverage option at least for the first couple of weeks yeah, I think what you're eventually going to get out of Giles, and I wrote about this on InsideTheMariners.com today, is that he could potentially give the Mariners something that they have desperately lacked since this spring training, basically, when Casey Sadler got hurt. It's that bridge to Diego Castillo and Paul Seawald. They just haven't had that guy. Drew Steckenrider wasn't that guy. Andres Munoz has really struggled to be that guy. Anthony Misevich is definitely not that guy. Um, you know, Penn Murphy and, and Sergio Romo have kind of been the seventh inning guys right now, and they've looked good at times. They've looked not so good at times. So really, you you need someone that you can depend on there that can get you to the guys that you actually trust right now, and that's Castillo and Seawald. And I think Giles could be that eventually. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be that right away, but there's also going to be very few opportunities to get him into situations where you know, there isn't a lot of pressure, right? Because we don't know if the Mariners are going to get blown out on one night or they're blowing some team out a night. You know, they might play one run, two run games across this whole homestand for all we know. You know, so we don't don't know what kind of situation Giles is going to end up finding himself in here in the early going, but... I would think that eventually his his role is going to morph into that JT Chargois, Casey Sadler role. And um, I don't think you should expect anything else. I don't think you should expect him going out in the ninth of any games unless Seawald and Castillo and all those guys are unavailable. Um, I think it's more like you're going to see him fifth, sixth, maybe the seventh on most nights. But that's still huge. That's still huge for for this bullpen right now. There's always the possibility that he's better than we think he'll be right away. And, and yeah, again, my expectations for Giles are pretty low, but even with the low expectations, um, I, I do think that uh, he should still help uh, quite a bit, particularly in the middle mm-hmm. innings. I mean, if it's another option you can throw out there instead of Matt Festa or Sergio Romo, uh, yeah. that, that, that should help. And, and Festa and Romo have been okay, but, you know, they're prone to the home run and, and there is a certain level of unease when they're in the game. But, um, you know, Giles is probably closer to that tier than he is Seawald Castillo right now. But by the end of the year, it, it could be, you know, Giles is the guy you trust the most. That's definitely uh, a possibility. I would just not count on it uh, for quite a while at least. 
And then Swanson's another interesting ad here for the Mariners because he was performing quite well before he got hurt. And then he went down mm-hmm. with, uh, I believe it was right elbow inflammation, which that doesn't sound good whenever you hear about that. But it actually turned out to not be very serious. He quickly uh, got back to a uh, rehab assignment and he's been rehabbing over the last week or so. And it uh, seems like everything's gone well on that front. I would assume that he's probably the first of these two guys to get called up here whenever that does happen. And it's possible that they both get called up at the same time. Uh, but what would Swan- what's, what does Swanson's return do for this bullpen? Yeah, you know, it kind of depends on what Swanson you get. Uh, this year he was very good. But, you know, also Eric Swanson was pretty darn solid last year. And I know mm. um, people don't believe it, but he was actually pretty useful last year too. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. He did suffer a minor setback at one point in his rehab, but he appears to be back on track. Um, you're going to get a guy who throws strikes. You're going to get uh, a guy who, you know, this year at least was posting huge strikeout numbers. Uh, so, again, we'll see what you get from him. It, it's, it's fastball splitter, right? I think we all know that. Um, and it, like I said, it was huge, 21 strikeouts in 14 innings. He was the the saddler for this year, and, and now yeah. uh, hopefully he can fill that role again because, you know, Festa, like I said, Festa and, and Romo, they've done a okay job for the most part at filling that saddler role while Swanson was out, but uh, Swanson was nailing it. And, and I mean – you know, if, if was second rider not living up to expectations, uh, Swanson really was kind of giving you that that three headed monster in your bullpen, and then unfortunately Swanson got hurt, Castillo got bad, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then now Swanson hopefully is back soon. Castillo's figured some things out. Seawald's been good, not great, um, and you know they're adding Giles, so the bullpen is a little bit better. Matt Brash pitched for the first time on back to back days. Uh, three times in four days, he's done that now, and he's been a lot better his last few outings. Um, so it's possible that he is coming up too. So Mariners bullpen, which has been a lot better, particularly on this mm-hmm. road trip, it was pretty darn good. Uh, should continue to get better. It's getting some more reinforcements. It'll be interesting to see how they juggle the uh, the call ups that are inevitably coming on this road trip. And as we've seen, oh, this is okay. a unit that is yeah. And as this as we've seen, this unit is critical to Seattle's success quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So any help that they can get uh, is is huge. And, uh, you know, that still shouldn't prevent them from looking to get better outside of the organization as well. But that's another discussion for, for another time. But right now, getting Swanson and Giles back, that certainly helps things, or at least it should. So we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how it all turns out, and we'll see when they eventually get uh, activated from the injured list. Uh, so next up, we are going to be talking about Cal Raleigh, who's been pretty good for his last 35-ish plate appearances. Uh, what could that do for the Mariners catching position overall? We'll be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus 
leading competitors. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs make it, makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. You're listening to locked on Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, before we talk about Cal Raleigh, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about locked on podcasts. Go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey, go to locked on podcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. So over his last 34 plate appearances. Cal Raleigh is hitting for a 250 average. He's slugging well over 530. He's obviously had all the home runs. He's helped the Mariners win a couple of ball games as of late. He's been good. Now, can that be sustained? We'll see. But I'll ask you this. Have you seen anything outside the numbers that suggests that Raleigh has maybe figured something out? Um. Well, let's let's start here. Cal Raleigh is no Luis Duran, so um, still second best catcher on the Mariners, which is fine. Um, one the one thing I have noticed about Raleigh uh, lately is he seems to be swinging and missing less, um, which has been a major issue for him. He's still the strikeout rate is still just unbearably bad, but it is trending in the right direction, which you know does help. Um, so mm-hmm. it seems to me, I mean. Look, overall, his numbers, 167, 232, 422, with a 34% strikeout rate, that's that, that's really hard to, to sustain. Success have seven home runs. Uh, he is walking about 8% of the time, which is leading to his 89 WRC plus as a whole, um, which isn't bad for a catcher. But, again, it, when it's driven by home runs and uh, you know, Dylan Moore has a pretty good WRC plus because he's hit a few home runs in a small sample. So it's, it's a little tough to, to sit here and say, Oh, I feel, I feel great about uh, where Cal Raleigh is, but uh, yeah, you look at his numbers uh, since June, like right around June. Um, they've been fine, you know, for the most part, he's, his strikeout rate is I believe 24%, which is more than playable for Cal Raleigh. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. been very good behind the plate defensively. Um, he's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of he- above the pack in terms of uh, catcher framing. Um, we know how well he works with pitchers. Guys like throwing to him. Um, and yeah, in, in June, you know, he's put up a twenty-four percent K rate, which is good not only for Cal Raleigh. It's it's about league average. Uh, but again, it's it's been seven eight games, and the overall numbers still are not. Uh, they're not good, um, but the fact that he's putting the ball in play more regularly and with some authority is definitely a good sign. Yeah, he's been uh, definitely not a black hole. He's been uh, an actual one of one of the team's biggest contributors over the last few games. And um, you know, I'm I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on what this would do for the Mariners' catching position as a whole if he's actually able to sustain this. If he actually has figured some things out, and this is kind of who we're going to see over the next few months uh, from Cal Raleigh. 
Um, does this still mean that the Mariners need to go out and add a catcher if that's the case? Or does this change things for you I, given the market as well? Because you got to take the market into account as well and how expensive it would be to go out and get a catcher. Yeah. And there's only going to be like two available. Uh, I don't yeah. think the Mariners are going to go get a catcher. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that they, they can't do better, but again, when it just comes down to what is feasible, right? What is, uh, reasonable and, and price tag and things like that. Seattle's not going to go out and get a catcher. Um, and you know, you might, well, maybe you won't be surprised to know this, but some of our listeners might, uh, believe it or not, the Mariners have the 10th most productive, uh, catching situation offensively in major league baseball. Uh, <laughs> they rank 10th in WRC plus it's 91. Um, the average, the median WRC plus for catchers right now is 83. So Mariners catchers roughly 8% better than average uh, in offense. And uh, that's, you know, somewhat surprising because Torrance hasn't gotten it going yet. We've talked about kind of Cal Raleigh's overall game. Uh, Tom Murphy didn't get off to a great start, but, you know, played in, in almost a month now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, Somewhat surprising, but the Mariners catchers have actually been okay. They could be doing better, sure. But if you're top 10 in, in baseball and in catcher offense and you're getting the type of defense that the Mariners are getting from Raleigh and Terenz and eventually Murphy when he comes back, you don't really need to make that move. It's it's not a pressing need. If a catcher falls in your lap, great. I mean, if, if the Diamondbacks want to give you Carson Kelly, fine. But – you don't go out. You don't pay the the freight for Wilson Contreras at this point. I don't think anymore. So I guess if Raleigh's hot start is done or hot stretch is done anything, it's kind of brought into the the limelight here that the Mariners catcher situation not bad could be better, sure, but honestly not not a lot better. And, and we're talking about the guys who could go out, who you can go out and get that make you definitively better. They have obvious flaws, in, including acquisition costs being one of the biggest ones. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Raleigh has been fine. He's stabilized. He's gotten the job for now. Uh, I still trust Terrence Bat more uh, than Raleigh. But, uh, hey, you know, right at the hot streak, and, and Cal's 25. He's a switch hitter, um, and the pitcher's like throwing to him. So we'll see if he's in the lineup tonight against the lefty. Um, but, yeah, he's been – he certainly helped the bottom of the order uh, and, you know, I know we're not talking about him, but uh, we should also give credit to Taylor Trammell uh, for helping do that too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Trammell and, and Raleigh have been a big part of this over the last uh, nine or so games here mm-hmm. uh, for the Mariners. So, you know, hopefully they keep that going because uh, the Mariners are just that much better for it. It, it lengthens their lineup. It, it just makes them deeper. It makes their offense pretty much uh, a threat to, to, you know, do damage one through nine if they're actually hitting. So, um, that's absolutely what they need, and quite frankly, the the addition that they're probably going to get this year at some point at, at the catcher position, assuming that he can uh, make it all the way back healthy, it's Tom Murphy once he comes back. And plus, Murphy was really good at least hitting wise uh, to start the season. And uh, if you can get that bat uh, back in the lineup and get that thing going again, um, good things are in store for the Mariners at the catching position. Like you said, they're they're in a much better position than maybe some would think. Uh, so the Mariners are starting a three-game set with the Red Sox tonight at T-Mobile Park. 
And of course, the last time they played the Red Sox, it uh, did not go super well. So we'll be uh, talking about if they have better chances of avoiding a, another sweep. And uh, all that and more in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great. And I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And it only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly as well, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with the first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Tonight's game between the Mariners and Red Sox has one confirmed starter, and it's not from the Mariners' side. We know that the Red Sox are starting Rich Hill, who has a uh, lovely nickname. That I, again, will not say on this show, Colby. No matter how much you pressure me to say it, I will not. I will not subject myself to a potential email from our overlords over that. But the Mariners do not have a confirmed starter right now entering this game. But I would assume that's George Kirby, right? Even though the website doesn't say it. Uh, I think it's Marco's turn. Is it Marco's turn? I believe so. Okay. So is it, is it so all right, if it's Marco then going up against this lineup, we obviously got an MVP candidate in Rafael Devers. They have mm-hmm. Xander Bogarts, they have JD Martinez, they have they have a lot of guys in this lineup that yeah. can do some damage. And this is a team, and again, I haven't even mentioned Trevor Story, who took over that entire <laughs> series in Boston. Uh Story, by the way, has not been all that great since <laughs> that series, by the way. He's been better Perfect than he was. He, he, he's been better since since before he uh, went into that series, but it still hasn't been great for Story. Uh, but still, this lineup has a lot of guys that can do damage against the Mariners, and particularly Marco and Colby. You've seen some concerning signs in Marco's last few starts that suggest that he might be in line for a blow-up here, potentially. Uh, yeah, you know, he's given up a lot of hard contact. He's not missing bats at all. Um, and I know missing bats has never been a big part of Marco's game, but I think his strikeout rate right now is at like 12%. Like, that's... That's not sustainable, um, you know, especially when you give up as much hard contact as Marco does. Uh, he's not an extreme ground ball pitcher either. So, 
yeah, there's there's always the possibility that Marco is going to um, to blow up, and, and you know the Red Sox are a pretty good candidate. They got a lot of really good right-handed hitters. Uh, thankfully, Marco seems to have found his changeup lately. Uh, the changeup, of course, is the great equalizer for lefties against righties. So if he can command the changeup and and uh, and the sinker, then he should be okay. But there's always that possibility because again, hard contact not on the ground without missing bats is a combination that will get you your butt handed to you a lot more often than it has for Marco Gonzalez so far this year. Uh, in, in his last start against the uh, the Rangers, though, he did miss quite a few bats, uh, five strikeouts, uh, not a huge number, but for Marco, that's pretty good. And that's all he needs. He only needs, you know, to be able to, to you know, strike out five and, and six innings. Like it, it's not, he just needs those stress-free outs um, because he also needs to avoid, you know, the the, the big inning. And, and it's it's one of those things where he's done a pretty good job this year. Uh, the numbers, the underlying numbers suggest that he's worse than his his actual numbers. Uh, and typically, those things tend to even out. So, a little worried about Marco tonight. But again, if he commands the changeup well, uh, you know, gets the cutter in on the righties and can spot the fastball against Devers and Verdugo when he needs to, then he'll have a shot to, uh, to kind of maneuver his way through the lineup. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we know Marco is, is subject to, to blow up games. He's had them every year of his career and it's usually two or three in a row and then he's fine. So, mm-hmm. um, maybe that starts tonight. Maybe it doesn't don't really know. It's just, it's tough to know what you're going to get with Marco right now. Uh, but he has been an absolute bulldog this year and, uh, I, I, I can't say I'm surprised when he pitches well. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not also not surprised when he you know has a hiccup because the numbers suggest he should be having more uh, hiccups mm-hmm. than he actually is. So, uh, yeah, uh, team just officially announced it, it is, uh, or well, they put it up on the website, um, that Marco is going tonight, George Kirby tomorrow. So no, uh, rotation shakeup with the off day yesterday. Uh, so good to see Kirby tomorrow. And then Robbie Ray on Sunday and we've talked a lot about Robbie Ray on the show as of late. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he's, so we found out what that sinker that showed up on his baseball savant page was. It was a, indeed a two seam fastball that he started throwing, uh, towards the latter half of that start. And of course he didn't give up another run from that point forward when he started throwing the pitch, uh, still wasn't a great start for him by any means. Um, but I would assume we're probably going to see it again since he had some form of success with it. So what does that pitch do for him? And what does it add to his repertoire? Yeah, it gives him a pitch that moves opposite of the slider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the slider is going to move glove side for Ray. It's going to, the two seamer is going to move arm side. Uh, so it, it's, it's a pitch that moves different than his other ones. Uh, he actually threw it with almost identical velocity to what he was doing the four seamer. So, you know, it's, it's a different spin, but it's the same velocity. So it, it can be sometimes be uh, tricky. You can, you can make guys look bad if they're thinking the pitch isn't going to break. And then it does. That's how you get uh, ground balls. Right. Uh, in particular, you get, maybe they're still hard hit, but they're more towards the end of the bat instead of the barrel because you know, the, the hitter thought it was a four seamer and it was actually a two seamer. So I imagine we'll see it. It got pretty good movement. You know, we were watching that start. We go, huh, that fastball has got a lot of, a lot of cut to it. Um, he almost got Tucker a couple times with it. So we'll see if he wants to incorporate it or if that was more of just kind of a one-time, like I got to try make a change here type of thing. 
Um, but yeah, it would be nice to see him uh, throw, you know, pitch well. Uh, heck, I'll even take the starts he was giving you before uh, the Baltimore and the uh, the Houston starts. Like th- those were fine for me. So uh, we'll see what he decides to do with it. But uh, it did sound like he was something he was going to reintroduce. Um, and you know, for Ray in particular, against guys like Devers and Verdugo, uh, that that pitch running in uh, can be a nice weapon and. and it's just something else that needs to be added. We'll see if it's any good. Uh, it kind of caught the Astros off guard a little bit with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Red Sox are aware that it's something he might do now, and we'll see how they adjust. But, uh, you know, good news for the Mariners is they they did avoid the Red Sox' two best guys. Yeah. Unless you believe Michael Walker is actually a Cy Young candidate, which, well, it's... <laughs> spoiler, I do not. But he's off to a nice start. Hey, but against the guys that have been off to nice starts so far, the Mariners have been pretty good. So maybe that's maybe that's the 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 primary game to watch here for the Mariners is, is tomorrow with uh, Michael Walker on the bump for the Red Sox. But yeah, going back to Ray, I mean, I I would assume this is something that he was planning on reincorporating reincorporating uh, for some time now. I don't think he was just on the bump in Houston and thinking, oh yeah, remember that pitch that I used to throw throw about like three or four years ago, I'm just going to start throwing that again. Let's just see what happens. Right. Like he, he, this is something that he was, he's been planning on doing for a while. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's a two seam fastball. It's, it's a grip change for the most part. So it's not like it's a huge, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't have to shape the pitch. Like I throw it just like I do a four seamer for the most part. It's just a different grip. So, um, I don't know if it was, you know, just like, yeah, hey, I'm sure he's probably been working on it in the bullpen a little bit, throwing it a little bit more in the bullpen, but I don't think it's like, uh, I had this in my back pocket for three years. Now we're going to, you know, finally reintroduce <laughs> it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's just, it's funny because he, he threw five two seamers last year. Five. Yeah. He threw, he threw. <laughs> he threw 17 less sinkers uh, on his la- in his last start than he did the previous two years combined. Wow! So, yeah, the last time that pitch has ever been really like used significantly was in 2019. Um, it was not good, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's Ray used to be a little bit more of a ground ball guy, uh, mm. ground ball strikeout guy, so. We'll see what it does. You know, it, it doesn't hurt. Like it, it, it clearly can't get any worse for Robbie Ray. We hope. So, uh, yeah, just you know, let's see what it does. Um, it, it's not like it was super effective against the Astros either. I mean, but it was, it was definitely something different. And that's, yeah, when you're when you're struggling like Ray is, why not give it a shot? Yeah, I mean, you got to try something. <laughs> Yeah, because it's been it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been really rough as of late. So we'll see. Uh, but hopefully the Mariners can keep this hot stretch going here uh, with uh, sets against the uh, Red Sox and Twins coming up. Uh, but uh, we will reconvene on Monday after this Red Sox series. And uh, hey, you know, the Mariners could be a little bit closer to 500 by that point. And hopefully we are well over the 1000 subscriber mark again. Please help us do that. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching right now and you enjoyed the show and you haven't already. Hit that thing. 
right now. Get us to a thousand. Let's do it. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow inside the Mariners.com at inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C A N E G N Z L and Colby at CPAT11, that's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's president and pass. is free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Monday. Go M's. Peace.